0: This is Pastor Derek Thomas of Living Witness Ministries, and I want to welcome you to the Living Word Podcast. I pray that today's teaching blesses you, inspires you, and encourages you to live a life worthy of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that we serve. God bless. Our text for these few moments is going to be found in the Gospel according to St. John, the 13th chapter, verses 12 through 17. Preface by saying that in our track at LLWM, this is the first message in our series for Black History Month entitled Roots. Understanding your spiritual heritage, amen. Amen. Because it's important that we know where we came from. Because if we don't know where we came from, how do we know in good conscience where we're going? Amen. So what you find written beginning with verse 12 in John chapter 13 reads in this fashion. So when he had washed their feet, Mm -hmm. taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, Mm -hmm. Do you know what I've done to you? Mm -hmm. You call me teacher and Lord and you say well. if you do them. As we speak this morning to the subject, one night in Jerusalem. Amen. All right. One night in Jerusalem. One night in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Jerusalem. I made a, a resolution, Pastor, the best I could to try to stand still. I tried to do. And, and and I'm letting y'all know. I'm, I'm gonna try real hard to stand still so you don't have to work too hard with the camera. I'm gonna try. Please understand I'm saying I'm going to try. Amen. Right. But that being said, here we go. There's something about dates that bring about remembrances. Each and every one of us have a date that we remember. Each and every one of us have a moment in time that identifies who we are. Each and every every one of us have a moment in eternal history that's etched in a fashion so that if people look back at it, they realize that it's a turning point in your life. It's a defining moment in your existence. This month, as I'm thinking through Black History Month, this year more than ever before with all that we've faced as a people and even more so with all that we have before us to face as a people, it's critical for us to understand not only naturally but even more so spiritually that we're standing on the precipice of having a defining moment in our lives. We've got to realize that God is doing something. As the word says, he's doing something that's marvelous in our eyes. But the challenge is a whole lot of people's eyes are closed in this season. They're closed because they're not wanting to see and understand that God is moving. They're closed because they don't want to realize that God is in control. They're closed, catch this, because they're walking by sight and not by faith. But God is calling us to walk this day by faith and not by sight. And in order to do that, he's giving us the support of learning from history. Yes,
1: sir. yes. There's an
0: African word, Sankofa, that literally encapsulates a saying that says that one has to learn from one's past in order to move forward effectively into one's future. And far too many of us that have professed the name of Jesus Christ are trying to move ahead in the future, saying that we're on our way to heaven and we're so glad and we've not taken the time to understand the history and the significance of the heaven that we're on our way to. Far too many of us are just traveling just to say we're taking the trip. Yes, sir. Because whether you believe it or not, each and every one of us are called to be leaders. Amen. Amen. God is equipped and uniquely anointed each and every one of us to make a difference in the lives of someone else. And my pastor told me a long time ago that the difference between a leader and somebody that's taking a walk is whether or not you have somebody following you. There are far too many of us that are professing the name of Jesus Christ that say we're leading people into salvation, that if we turn around, we've not had anybody following us for a real long time. And that's because we've not had a life-changing encounter. My wife and I, we were flying out to, to Miami, she downloaded a movie. The movie she downloaded was One Night in Miami. And when I looked at the movie One Night in Miami, I didn't watch it in, in her presence because she watched it and I was busy watching something else. But I took the time to go back and take a look at it. And, and, and real quickly, synoptically, the movie is, is, is about... Uh, uh, a night, February 25th, 1964, to be specific, when when uh, Cassius Clay and Jim Brown and, and Sam Cooke and, and Malcolm X got together at, at an event and began to talk about how they could impact the community in which they're a part of. And I'm talk- I'm not talking about a right here, right now impact of the community than they serve. I'm talking about an impact that will resonate throughout generations. I'm talking about an impact that's going to make a a paradigm shift. I'm I'm talking about an impact that's going to change the trajectory of people's lives and God desires us to do that same thing. But we got to have an encounter which leads us to our text today. Jesus had walked with the 12 disciples. They had walked with Jesus. They had seen him do signs and wonders. They had seen him perform miracles. They had seen him heal the sick. They had seen him raise the dead. They had seen him walking on water. They had seen him doing signs and wonders and miracles and they believed in who he was but there was something that was missing and the something that was missing was a life changing encounter and that life changing encounter happened on the night of the last supper and the last supper happened in a place called Jerusalem. So that night in Jerusalem their lives were changed forever. That that night in Jerusalem The light came on in their hearts. The light came on in their spirits. The light came on in their minds. That night in Jerusalem, they realized that the place that is Jerusalem was more than just a city that was set on top of a hill. They realized that Jerusalem was what the name Jerusalem literally means. They realized that it was a house of peace for them. They realized it was a place where they could get their peace. They realized it was a place where they could get their understanding. They realized it was a place where they could get their marching orders. They realized it was a place where they could get warmed and filled and made ready to do the work of ministry. God desires you and I to come into yes, sir. the peace and knowing yes. that God is in control. Yes. Yes. He desires us yes. to stop being passive in our service. But be like the hymn writer wrote, if when you've given the best of your service, yes, sir. You, you can lay claim to the fact that God is going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. He's calling us to be active change agents in the world today. Amen. He's calling us to, to move mountains, as they said in the wind in the movie. He's calling us to come together and truly manifest what the Word of God says when it says one can put a thousand to flight, and two can put 10,000 to flight, and three can put a 100,000 to flight, and four can put a million to flight. This house can put the world to flight. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. But we gotta understand who we are. Uh-huh. We gotta understand that we've got to be active change agents. Yeah. And understand when I say active, active doesn't mean that we do this. Active doesn't mean that we say, yes, amen, Pastor, I believe you. I'm, I'm walking right along with you. We we have a seat and we, we dry our temple and we may have a piece of candy and food around and fall asleep. What well, it means, we've got to get up and get about our Father's business. Yeah. We got to get out of our comfort zone. Yeah. We got to first become a champion of the gospel. Amen. Yeah. So we got to become a champion of the gospel. Yes, sir. So if we took a look real quick at a, a Notes profile of Cassius Clay in the movie, mm-hmm. just to give us a point of reference for our own lives. He was facing a fight that nobody thought he could win. Right. Okay. If you remember the history, he was fighting Sonny Liston as the movie opened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nobody thought that he could win. They didn't think that he could win because they thought his skill set wasn't good enough. They didn't think that he could win because they thought he wasn't big enough. They thought he wasn't bad enough. They thought he wasn't strong enough. Let's just get down to it. They didn't think he could win because they thought he was beneath the individual that he was fighting. They thought that he was outclassed. They thought that he was outranked. They thought that he was an underdog. They thought that he didn't have a chance. I'm here to let you know that God loves an underdog. He loves a challenge because he takes the foolish things of this world to con- God found the wise. God is looking for us to be a whole bunch of fools for him today. Amen? And what I mean by that is to be foolish enough to take him at his word. Like the song says if he said it, we believe it because he's a man of his word. It's not up for debate. It's not up for discussion. If God said it, I believe it, and that settles it for me. If God said I'm the head and not the tail, I praise God for being the head. If God says I'm above and not beneath, I'm looking down to see who I can pull up. If God says I'm a lender and not a borrower, I'm not worried about how many zeros might be in front of the first number. I'm praising God for the zeros after the first number. If God said it, we've got to believe it. Oh, He's looking for us to be men and women yes, he is. of our word. He's looking for us to do the impossible. Because what happened is that Cassius Clay went on to win that fight. He did what they said could not be done. But it went even further than that. After he did what they said could not be done, he had that life changing encounter one night in Miami. He met the other three individuals. Three is a number of empowerment. He met with the point of empowerment at a place where God could move in his life and he was so impacted that his name changed. Yes. Yes. hallelujah. From Cassius Clay uh-huh. to Muhammad Ali. Uh-huh. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that when we have a life-changing encounter with God, uh-huh. he changes us fundamentally. Uh-huh. Our name changes our thought process changes, yes. our mindset changes, our act changes. Our mode of operation changes. God desires us to have a fundamental shift in our persona today, church. God desires us to stop being passive and wait for somebody to give us a hand out to give God praise when instead he wants us to be the catalyst of praise through our worship, the catalyst of change through our prayer, the catalyst of change through our witness, the catalyst of change through our walk. He's calling us to bring about change so that people's names are changed from the earthly name that they've been given to one, as the word of God says, is etched in the Lord's thigh so that when He comes back, there's no doubting who He's coming for. It's kind of like when you travel and you have a valet service waiting to pick you up. Mm -hmm. You have a valet service waiting to pick you up. May I just come on, Pastor? Yes, Yes. sir. Yes, sir. Valet service waiting to pick you up. Mm -hmm. All kinds of people in the airport. Trying to find a way to get out. Uh You ain't got to look very hard if you can just read your name. They're holding up your name. It's going to say your name on it. Jesus is holding up your name today. But it's not the name that you may go by here. Tyler Perry said it once it's not what they call you, it's what you answer to that makes the difference. God is saying in the midst of your defeat that I'm looking for victorious in the midst of your sadness, I'm looking for joy in the midst of your minimalist thinking, I'm looking for greatness in the midst of your weakness, I'm looking for strength in the midst of your lostness, I'm looking for what is found and what is saved and what is blessed. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm looking for you. Because I need you to stand over here. If you look at Exodus, the 17th chapter, it says this, that Moses built an altar. And he named that altar Jehovah Nisi. And he named that altar, the Lord is my banner." And he did that for a reason. Because he wasn't concerned about what we don't have. He wasn't concerned about our temper. He wasn't concerned about our shortcomings. He wasn't concerned about where we missed it. He wasn't concerned about where we messed up. He wasn't concerned about where we blew it. He wasn't concerned about what people said we are not because he said that we are his. He said that I am the Lord, your banner. I need you to stand here because as long as you stand under this, the banner over you is love. The banner over you is peace. The banner over you is joy. The banner over you is provision. The banner over you is victory. The banner over you is power. The banner over you is hope and joy and peace forevermore. But it takes one night in the house of peace to get to that point yes, sir. that you understand that your name has to be changed. Yes. And once your name is changed, uh-huh. Elder, your mindset well, you yes, to change. Yes, 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 yes. When your mindset changes, yes, sir. you secondly realize that you have to be a living sacrifice yes. for the master. Amen. Yes, sir. Oh, preacher. See, 99 and a half is not going to do. No. That's right. Yeah. My grandmother, who was the original my dear because her nickname literally was Madea, uh-huh. yeah. used to say that the difference in breakfast mm-hmm. for a chicken and a pig mm-hmm. was the degree of contribution mm-hmm. that was made to the meal. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm about nine years old, so I'm looking at her like, huh? <laughs> she said, what I mean, baby, is a chicken rendered an offering it laid an egg but a pig made a sacrifice yes, sir. see a chicken understood the chicken can render an offering but it can go do whatever chickens do but a pig wants the pig the size that this in the pig is all in there's no coming back from what the pig offers there's no coming back for what the pig says i'm giving you there's no coming back from what the pig lays on the table the pig literally lays himself on the table yes sir Which brings us to Brother Malcolm in the story. Mm -hmm. Malcolm X in this story had just gotten back from his pilgrimage to Mecca and he had come to the revelation that it wasn't about the things that divided us as people Uh that were important. Uh But it was about the fact that we are God's people that prompted him to bring about unity, which was taboo in the organization that he was part of at that point in time. And he understood and knew in the midst of doing that, that it very well might cost him his very life. He understood that he would become a martyr because of his decision to engage in the civil rights movement. But I submit to you that he took the pig approach. I'm not rendering offering, I'm making a sacrifice. I've already counted the cost of what it's going to take to do the work of ministry. And I understand if I could cross reference my Quran with the Bible for just a minute. I understand when it says that the sufferings of this time pale in comparison to the blessings and the joy that come on the other side. So many of us see the other side. So many of us want to be on the other side. So many of us aspire to walk on the other side but we're not willing to go through the hardship to get to the other side. Yes sir! We what we do We don't want to invest. We just want to spend. So many of us spend our natural lives wanting to be spiritual that we fail to realize that the only prerequisite we need to walk in the spirit realm that God desires us to walk in is a willingness to invest our very lives into something greater than ourselves. Yeah. See, Pastor talked about it a little bit yesterday in this presentation. He talked about the whole premise of buying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, far too many of us talk a good game about Christ. Yes. Talk a real good game about salvation. Uh-huh. Sound real eloquent when it comes about what must I do to be saved. Yes. You can give a five-star answer. Okay, well, show me how to do it. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, if you can't show them how do you propose to get by? Him? Yes. See, Jesus, when he sat the disciples down mm-hmm. in Jerusalem that night, yes. did more than just talk about mm. the servitude uh-huh. that's needed. He got up from the table. The king of kings and lord of lords. He got up and and took his robe off as a teacher and put a towel around his loins, the word says. And he knelt down and began to wash each one of his disciples' feet. He didn't leave a single one unwashed catch this he even washed the feet of the one that was going to betray him he made it a conscious point and a conscious decision to let them see and know that I'm not just rendering an offering I'm not just giving a religious exercise I'm not just doing this to be seen I'm not just saying this to be heard I'm not just stepping out to say hey look at me I'm doing what the word of God says I'm going into the highways and going into the hedges and making disciples of the I'm compelling men and women to get saved. I'm compelling men and women to say yes. I'm compelling men and women to do something different. Talk yes. right. oh, And Jesus knew that it was going to cost him his very life. Yes. Jesus knew he was going to be lied on. Yes, sir, he was going to be beaten. Yes. He was going to be mistreated. Yes. He was going to be impaled to a piece of wood for six hours one Friday. Yes. He was going to be offered vinegar as he died. Yes. He was going to be just talked about like a dog and he hadn't done a single mm-hmm. thing yes. wrong. Yes. But he got there buying, and when he gave them the Beatitudes. Because mm-hmm. he let them know, blessed are you mm-hmm. when men shall revile you and yes, persecute you and yes. speak all manner of evil against you, not for your name's sake, mm-hmm. but for my name's sake. Mm-hmm. I need you to understand that there are privileges at being a pig in this equation. You can rejoice and be exceedingly glad because you're in good company because the prophets before you went through the same thing. You're in good company because the men and women of God before you went through the same thing. You're in great company because the Savior of the world went through the same thing. I'm here to let you know, spoiler alert, you're going to win because as long as you make the investment to do the work of kingdom business, God always gives a return on his investment. That's right. Amen. Every time. Mm. Say that. He's letting us know that once we say yes, yes to Jesus, yes. Uh-huh. once we have our one night mm. in Jerusalem, yes. we can be like Dr. King. It don't really matter with us anymore. Nope. Yeah. Well, because once we've had that encounter, we've seen mm-hmm. the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Don't matter what's coming my way anymore. Yeah. Don't matter when death comes knocking on my door. Don't matter when I draw my last breath. Don't matter what state of mind or what state of body I'm in because my spirit is in right standing. Because I have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. It's marvelous in our eyes. First Corinthians puts it this way. Mm -hmm. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit that's in you? Whom you have from God and you're not your own, for you're bought with a price. Mm. So since you bought with a price, you might as well do what it is that the person that bought you bought you for. You might as well glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Yes, Yes, sir. Which means don't just go through the motions, but go through the motions with an understanding of who you are. Go through the motions with an understanding that you're an asset. Go through the motions with an understanding that your words carry weight, that your actions carry weight, that everything you think carries weight, and that you do have the capacity to make a change, a, a supernatural change in the earth today. Yes. Yes, God. Which leads us to, to Brother Cook. It's like Sam Cook, we gotta be a voice for change. Amen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotta be a voice for change. Yeah, yeah. There's a show on TV right now. I'm not sure the exact name of it. It's something like, I don't know, so you think you can sing or you look like you can sing? I don't know what it is, but the whole premise behind the show is you look at the person for all this time in an hour mm-hmm. and you check them out and you ask them questions and you look at their mannerisms with the intent, mm-hmm. catch this, are uh, based on looking at them. Yeah. Thinking they can sing. And what many people on that show do is the same thing many of us do. If we're real with ourselves, as believers, we tend to judge. That's right. If you can't say amen, say ouch, it's the truth, because I did. Amen. We tend to judge. Right. We take the negative side of the edict and advertising that people tend to gravitate towards things and stuff that when they see people that look like, them using it. So if they don't see people that look like you, if we see somebody that might be a different hue than us, that might be a different persuasion than us, that might be a little different than us in our belief, we just make the judgment call. They probably don't want to hear what I have to say. They probably don't want to be bothered with me. They probably don't want to do this, that, or third. When in reality, if we're honest with ourselves, we're the ones that don't want to be bothered. Because if we made up our minds that we're all in for God and we're fully invested, how dare we turn around as a stock to the stockbroker and say, I I don't think that's the right person to buy yeah. me today. I want to wait to go to this person over here. You don't see what's going on. Your job is to play a role to get the benefit. Yes, right. Yeah. Far too many of us are thinking that we're the benefit. Yeah. And that's the realization that Sam came to. Sam was at the fight that night because he was Cash's friend. Mm-hmm. Malcolm had an issue with Sam because he thought that Sam had sold out with his music. He had felt that he had gotten so caught up in the gift that he had that he made the gift that he had the end when in reality the gift that he had, he enlightened him to help him see that it was a means to get to the end. Because when you have a once-in-a-lifetime encounter, when you have one night in Jerusalem, like he had that night in Miami, you don't leave the same way I hear you. when you as when you came. You don't believe me? Ask Jacob. Jacob wanted to to into a fight with an angel and he fought so tough that the fight was a battle royal that went on all night. And at the end of the battle royal, he limped out of that thing. But he also limped out of it not only with a limp that he carried for the rest of his life, but a name that he carried for the rest of his life. His name was changed from Jacob to Israel. His name was changed from a name that meant trickster to a name that connoted the kingdom and connoted royalty and connoted something supernatural. What am I saying? God could take you in the midst of your mess and use your voice to bring about a yeah, 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 yeah. Because not too many days after this encounter in Miami, mm-hmm. Sam Cooke on a major music program debuted a new song mm-hmm. that became one of the rallying cries for the era. Mm-hmm. And that song was a change Is gonna come. Yeah. And he said in the song that he, he was born by a river yeah. 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 in a little tent yeah. and like the water of that river. He'd been running from that point until now. But he came to a revelation that he wrote in the song. He came to a revelation And use his voice to let him know that it's been a long time coming but now my eyes are fully open and enlightened. It's been a long time coming but now I see what's really going on. It's been a long time coming but now I've counted the cost of following the eternal boss. It's been a long time coming but I know now that a change has no choice but to come because God desires to use a voice like mine. God desires to use a ministry like mine. God desires to use a talent like mine. God desires to use a talent like yours And a ministry like yours yes. To make a difference So that we can be yeah. uh-uh. Agents of change yeah. Yeah. In Isaiah The 43rd chapter It says don't remember The former things Don't think about those things Because God, through Isaiah, said, I'm doing a new, thing. a new thing. And God wants to do a new thing yeah. through you and I. Yes. Mm-hmm. Once we find our voice, yes, sir. we can cry loud and spare nothing. Mm-hmm. Because nobody else has a voice like our voice. Yes. Nobody else can sound like you sound. Right. Nobody else can hoop like you who nobody else can shout like you shout. Nobody else can witness like you witness. Nobody else can pray like you pray. But it takes that once in a lifetime encounter, which brings us to the last point. And that's being a winner of souls. Amen. Amen. Once we've made the conscious choice and we've counted the cost and we've realized we got a voice, now we got to change our activity. Yes, God. See, what Jim Brown did was... After his night in Miami, he said, you know what? As good as my career is in the NFL, because I'm doing well, I want to go to a place where I can make a difference in the lives of other people, because the talent that I have is more than just relegated for me. The talent that I have is designed to be a blessing to other people. The talent that I have is a desire to to move mountains in the lives of people. to, To open eyes and help them see that there's something more to this life than just living and dying. God wants to use you and I to help people see that there's more to life than living and dying. After this life, there's another life in which we're going to live again. And as wonderful as Jim Brown's exploits were on the football field, what he did in Hollywood it's gonna last for generations to come. Whether it was straight acting, whether it was comedic acting, Mm -hmm. whether it was activism, everything that he did was an exercise of his gift. To show the greater good because understanding where they were at that point in time. To show the greater good that people that look like us really could go to Hollywood and support a major motion picture. Really could go to Hollywood and star in something that people want to see. Really could go to Hollywood and make an impact to affect generations even until now. God desires you and I to be that once in a generation talent. To take the gifts that we used to glorify the world. And use those gifts to glorify God. See, Jesus that night in Jerusalem, as I take my seat, helped the disciples understand that they have a work that they needed to do. Mm -hmm. They have something great that's going to change generations to come. They have something that's going to require them to have every fiber of their being engrossed and engaged in doing the work of ministry. They have something that together, as Malcolm said, they can truly move mountains. God has created you and I to move mountains today, church. We can move mountains in the spirit. We can bring about change in our community. We can see souls be saved. We can see lives be changed. We can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. We can drink things that are deadly and they not harm us. We can on serpents and scorpions and make a difference in the lives of people by lifting up the name of Jesus. I challenge you today. If you've not had your encounter, have your encounter with Jesus today. Spend one night in Jerusalem. Spend one night in the house of peace. Lay aside all the weights and the sins that so easily beset you. And look unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of your faith. I'm here to let you know as a living witness that if and when you do that, God will change your life so that you can change the lives of others. Hallelujah. Amen. Living Witness Ministries is a church on the move that's dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ through the preached and taught word, community outreach, and practical ministry designed to save souls and change lives. You can sow into the ministry via our Cash App at Dollar Sign LW Ministries 2020. That's Dollar Sign LW Ministries 2020. Sow your seed in the good ground of Living Witness Ministries today. And thank you for helping us reach the world with the life-giving word. I pray that you were blessed by today's word. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved if you've never taken the opportunity to do either one of those things, won't you join me now in prayer? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you a sinner. I believe that you sent your son to die that I might live. I believe that he lived, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, and is coming back for sinners just like me. I confess my sin, I ask you into my heart, and I ask you into my life. Thank you, Lord, that by faith I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like to welcome you into the household of faith and into a loving relationship of salvation with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please email me and let me know of your experience. Or if you have any prayer requests or praise reports, please email me. The email address is living witness at gmail.com. That's living the number two witness at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Pastor Derek Thomas, encouraging you to live your life as a living witness.